Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. This show is all about scratch-made food and positive energy. If this is your first time here, welcome. So, so wonderful to have you here. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I really, really appreciate your continued love and support. My name is Nick, and I'm just a guy, not a chef, just somebody who loves to cook, who's so passionate about food and just wants to make the world better one dish at a time. Today on the show, we're going to take a little trip to Thailand because I randomly was watching Beat Bobby Flay. Not randomly. I love to watch food shows. It's uh, part and parcel with the whole uh, with the whole thing here. One of the one of the chefs that was facing Bobby Flay, their signature dish was Giyong chicken. And when they started describing it, like throughout the course of that episode, I was really, really curious about what went into it. And I pulled up a few different recipes. I kind of, you know, crowdsourced a bunch of different recipes. Some of them used a lot more fish sauce than others. (laughs) All of them did use fish sauce. I had to order a whole bunch of things on Amazon that I have never seen in a grocery store before. They definitely don't carry it at my Wegmans. Maybe they would carry it at like a specialty store, but... Uh, I had to order, like, palm sugar, tamarind paste. I had to order, like, a lot of, of of different elements to make this dish. But when I first put that marinade together and I, and I first tasted it, oh, there's a magic. There is a magic in there. And when I grilled this, I grilled it like I don't normally grill chicken the way that they recommended. Like, all the different recipes that I checked out recommended grilling it a specific way. So I followed that. And absolutely missed the landing by a thousand miles for this dish. So uh, unfortunately did not turn out 100% the way that I wanted it to, but I loved it enough and I'm determined and dedicated to nailing this recipe so much that I've got another batch of chicken. I broke down a whole chicken earlier this evening and that is now sitting in the fridge marinating, getting ready to go on the grill on Tuesday. So I, I just can't wait. I can't, can't wait. But we're going to talk more about the recipe and kind of the ins and outs of what happened with it later on in the show. But I just really, really appreciate you taking the time to tune into this today. Wherever you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this, I hope that you just take a moment today and that you're kind to yourself. The world is stressful. The world is frustrating. Don't let the world beat you. Don't let the world tear you down. If you want to help me do some good in the world through the rest of the month of April, Podchaser is doing an initiative called hashtag reviews for good. That's reviews, the number four and good for every review of an episode of Nikolai's kitchen that you leave on Podchaser or of the show itself. They'll donate 25 cents to the world central kitchen, which is helping to feed refugees from Ukraine. And then if I reply to those reviews, they'll double it. So if you're listening to this and it's still the month of April 2022, then make sure you head over to Podchaser. Just start leaving reviews of the episodes. I will reply to all of them so we can raise some money for a really, really good cause. 
Speaking of good causes, I just wanted to take the opportunity again to remind you about the sixth annual live stream for the cure, which is going to kick off May 19th at 9 a.m. Eastern. We have content creators, amazing people from all over the world coming together to help raise $20,000 for the Cancer Research Institute for Immunotherapy Research to train the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This year, more than any other year, I want to fight for hope and tell you more about it. Me. What does hope mean to you? Hello, everyone. My name is Nick, and I am the host of the annual live stream for The Cure, a charity live stream event to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute, which researches immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. Their mission, one that I believe in very, very strongly, is a future immune to cancer. And this year, for the sixth annual live stream for The Cure, I want to emphasize more than anything, hope. Over the past five years, myself and amazing creators and partners from around the world have raised over $50,000 for this amazing cause. And this year, we're looking to add another $20,000 to that total. Please join me May 19th, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern for 45 hours of content over the next three days, as I'm once again joined by amazing creators from around the world to help fight for hope. Learn more or make an early donation today at LivestreamForTheCure.com. Last week on the show, I talked about counting up all of the little wins in life. I talked about what really, really makes life worth living, what really, really makes everything kind of tick. I was listening to today's show when I was out in the kitchen today, and I had a great great day in the kitchen scratch made blueberry almond flour pancakes absolutely dreamy with this just beautiful beautiful reduced sugar homemade blueberry compote over the top homemade pizza sauce homemade pizza dough i whipped out a margarita pizza with just beautiful fresh basil and mozzarella there's nothing like fresh, fresh tomato. Like I love pizza in any form. And of course I made, you know, a normal pizza, just cheese pizza with my pizza sauce as well. But just the freshness of just rich, creamy mozzarella, fresh basil, freshly sliced tomatoes, salt, pepper, a little bit of olive oil. There's nothing in the world like it. Absolutely sings. I got marinade prepped for another batch of Giang chicken. I went to the store today and I got other stuff to make other meals for the week, including one of the favorites here in the household, enchiladas. Cannot wait to get the marinade done and then grill. I'm going to grill that chicken up at the same time I do the Giang chicken and then just save that. And we're going to have chicken enchiladas on Wednesday. We have chimmy that I made last time we had enchiladas. I got that still in the fridge. It's been a really, really good, good day. What's made your day good today? Let's take a moment together. I'm going to quiet down everything except for the sound of my voice. If you're able to, wherever you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this, or if you're watching this live on Twitch right now or on YouTube after the fact, close your eyes. 
Think about a win that you've had today. Doesn't matter how small it is. Doesn't matter if it's just mm, really kind of nailed that coffee today. Doesn't matter if you really just, I mean, the nose pancakes. <laughs> One of my things that I love to do when I'm in my kitchen, especially if I'm making any kind of tomato-based sauces, it's tough for me to describe the point at which I know a sauce has hit. Like that it's it's made it, it's where I need it to be, it's where I want it to be. But I know it reaches that point when I can't stop eating it. <laughs> you just want to sit there and just keep shoveling it in that you're just like you know, you just can't stop. And I got to that point with the pizza sauce again today. And I just, last time I made pizza sauce, I went way too heavy on the pepper. So it was very, very black pepper forward, which I love black pepper. But even for me, it was like a lot, which tells me how much it was. Because for anybody else, it would have been like, but yeah, everything landed today. Everything hit so, so good today. Got another video on the Minecraft series done. Got another stream highlight video done. I'm here right now doing this thing. And I know I talked about this last week and we're going somewhere with this, I promise. But I just wanted to bring this back around because it's something that I feel like bears repeating over and over and over again to celebrate those little wins. How did you win today? Because I guarantee you there was something, no matter what it is, no matter how small it is, in some small way, you won. I wanted to talk about the little wins today. Because sometimes in life, we get setbacks too. Sometimes in life, we face challenges. Sometimes in life, we don't get the answer that we want to hear. A few weeks ago... I must have mentioned it on the show. I know I streamed uh, the day I had an interview for a uh, for a position at Cornell, and didn't happen. Fell through, and it really bummed me out. It really, really bummed me out because I really, God, I I loved the idea. I love the idea of, of, of the work and it's kind of something way more adjacent to what I would, I would really love to do because it's something that I could utilize. Like I want to help people. I've never known in my life more what my purpose is than it is to help people in some way or another. It's why I do the positivity segment in this show. And some people may listen to the positivity segment. Some people may not get anything out of this at all. Some people may just go to the recipe in the show notes. You may never even hear my voice. But if one person listens to the positivity segment of this show, if one person listens to what I do and they're able to take my life experiences and relate to it in some way, if they're able to just grow from it, learn from it, maybe not make the mistakes that I've made, and that's absolutely everything to me. That came up like it, it comes up. I see threads about it like all the time on Twitter. The most recent one was a show posted and asked, 
if you'd ever thought about quitting what you do, quitting the quitting your show. And I said, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really it can be really, really thankless a lot of the time. A lot of the time you're just talking to dead air. You know, you don't know who's out there listening. You don't know who's out there watching. You don't know if anybody even is. Maybe you turned on the video and you went away to the kitchen and then you came back and it was over and you were like, eh. You know, maybe you turned on the podcast, but, you know, it was playing in the car and the volume was kind of low and the kids were yelling. So you didn't really even get to kind of tune into anything. And then when you turn the volume back up, it's thank you for coming on this journey with me. Boom, music hits and then the end. You know, so a lot of times it, it feels thankless and a lot of times it can feel lonely and a lot of times it can feel kind of like there's a solitude to it. And I know that people listen. I know that people watch. I know no matter what, because people have told me that they have. People have told me that my advice or the way that I have approached a subject or the way that I've thought about a situation has helped them to change their way of thinking about a situation, about a thing. It's helped them to hold themselves more accountable. It's helped them to work harder. It's helped them to find whatever avenue, whatever answer, whatever thing it is that they need to find in their life. It's helped them to find it. And when I was reading that tweet and when I was typing up my answer, it was, yeah, of course I've thought about it. But then I remember that one person, that one person who maybe has been where I've been in my life before, who has maybe struggled the way that I've struggled before in my life, has had the thoughts that I've had in my life before. Maybe by some cosmic coincidence, they stumble upon my show and maybe listening to my show is enough to get them to reach out for help or is enough to convince them that they have value. And if you're listening to this, even if you're not listening to this, I don't care. You have so much value. Maybe that's the thing that pulls them back. I don't know that that'll ever happen. Doesn't matter. Because if there's a chance that it could, isn't that chance worth taking? I believe it is. I really, really believe it is. And that's why I don't stop doing this. That's why you see these positivity videos. That's why I continue to do the podcast. That's why I continue to just try to put myself out there in space, trying to do what I can to make a good, positive difference in this world. And then sometimes you're going to get setbacks. I'm in the middle of the throes of live stream preparations right now. The event, by the time you're hearing this, is probably a month or less away. And I've got so much left to do. I'm further behind, I think, than I've ever been. And I'm more frustrated by the event, I think, than I've ever been. You know, and it just, as much as you celebrate the wins, you will lose. You will fail. You will be challenged. You will be forced to change your plans. You will be forced to adapt 
And that's when you've got to be strong. That's when you have to gut check yourself. You have to look at yourself in the mirror. And you have to say, I believe in you. I believe in your ability to do this, whatever it is. Because you are smart, you are capable, you are strong. And you can do this. I promise you that you can. You just have to start by believing in you. Even though I was bummed out that I didn't get that job and a couple other jobs I've applied for, I didn't even get an interview. I'm still relatively toward the beginning of this job search. And it could take some time to find something that I really feel is going to be a good fit. That's also going to compensate me fairly the way I believe I should be compensated. That's also going to put me in a position to help people because I want to help people. You know, it's going to take time. It's going to take time for that to happen. What I can't do is I can't throw up my hands and I can't just say, well, this was the one I wanted. No, 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 no. Throwing up my hands, I quit. You can't give up, especially not when life reaches its darkest moments, especially not when that plate hits max capacity, especially not when your frustration peaks. Persevere. Take things off of the plate if you need to. Lord knows we've talked about it enough on this show about overloading the plate because I do it all the time physically and metaphorically we've talked about it all the time it's oh it's okay to have setbacks it's okay to fail every single person ever has failed everybody has in some way or another Every single person has had setbacks in one way or another. But you can't let them beat you. My setbacks have always, always beaten me. Maybe not always, always, but for a long time, they did. For a long time, it was so, so hard. Like any, any kind of, any kind of rejection, any kind of, any kind of, upset I guess any 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 shaking or uh, instability I guess is is the word I'm looking for to what's going on to to the established order of my life and a lot of times I would just melt at it and I don't want to melt at it anymore I know who I am I believe in me I believe in my ability to make a good and positive difference in this world in so many people's lives. This does not define me. Even if I get rejected for the next 10, the next 50, the next 100, they don't define me. You have to just, and and it's a conscious thing, and I know it sounds silly. And... It, it, it's something that it's it's really, really tough to kind of think of it in, in, in a mental fashion. But what I want you to do, wherever you're listening to this or if you're watching this, whichever, whatever the case may be, 
wherever you are, whenever you are. Look at your phone. Turn on your camera. Flip that thing around. Get it in selfie mode. Or if you're home or someplace with a mirror, look in a mirror. You point right at the person in that phone. You point right at the person in that mirror. You say, you are capable. You are strong. And I believe in you. You are capable. You are strong. And I believe in you. No change. No change in your life will ever happen if you don't believe in your ability to make it. If you don't believe that you can land that job walking into that interview, if you don't believe whatever it is, then you're already defeating yourself before you ever get out the door. And you'll apply that energy and that mindset and that logic to the entire process of going through it. And it might even become kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in that way. So many people doubt their own strength. I am so guilty of it myself. So many people look at themselves as weak, as failures. But then go back to last week's episode or the beginning of this positivity segment or do it right now. Close your eyes. Take some deep breaths with me. How did you win today? What wins did you have today? Because I guarantee you that you had some of them. And as stressful as life gets and as tough as things are, and as, as much as it can be really difficult to not focus on the failings, as much as it can be difficult to not focus on the rejections, Focus on those good things that happen to you. Focus on believing in you. In believing that you deserve good, beautiful, amazing things. And don't stop believing in yourself until you get them. It's totally like an excuse for a whole bunch of white people to start jumping up and down and screaming. <laughs> We're going to run over into a break and fade up some music here in just a couple of moments, but I just want to take the moment again to thank you so, so much for tuning in. It means the absolute world to me. If you like the show, head over to wherever you're listening to this, whatever podcatcher you're listening to it on, be it Good Pods, Podchaser, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any and everything in between. Please leave the show a five-star review. Help me reach other 
people. Unfortunately, in this world, in this life that we live in nowadays, you have to play the algorithm game in order to get engagement, in order to get more people. And I can only do that with your help. So please, if you do enjoy the show, spread the word. When we come back on the other side of the music, Giang Chicken, and how badly I messed it up. I'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so, so, so much for tuning in. means the absolute world to me that anyone takes the time to check out my content, and I just appreciate it so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Today on the show, as I said up at the top, Giyang Chicken, which I am sure I am pronouncing incorrectly, and I can't wait to get to the dipping sauce because that's probably even worse. When I was watching Beat Bobby Flay, and someone's signature dish was Giang Chicken. And I didn't know what that was, so I set to the internet, as I have often done with a lot of these recipes. And I just started researching, and I just started compiling like lists of common ingredients, things that are commonly found in most of these things. And there's a lot of things in this and in the dipping sauce, which I, I'll, I'm going to butcher it here. We'll try it, but it's Nam Yim Yao is what, how I would pronounce it. I'm not sure if that's correct, but I don't know. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff in both of them that I just, you can't, I, like, I've never heard of it before. I didn't know there was such a thing as dark soy sauce. I thought there was just soy sauce. But dark soy sauce is like this much, like, richer, thicker, like, syrupier. It's almost like if you do a balsamic reduction and balsamic vinegar gets that beautiful, sweet syrupiness to it. It's kind of what dark soy sauce is. It has like a, a much thicker, it's much, much thicker and richer in flavor. Uh, I had no idea what tamarind was. I'm still not 100% sure what it is because I had to order tamarind paste from what I can only describe as someone's basement because the box smelled like mold and mildew when I got it. Like literally like a dank cellar, like just a dank, just moisture ridden basement. That's what it smelled like. But it tastes, it tastes like sour and sweet at the same time. Like it's kind of this weird mishmash between the two. It's some kind of, it's, it's some kind of fruit from my understanding. I did buy palm sugar, which it comes in these little pre-portioned. They, they look like they're like measured off. They're like rounded little domes. They're about a tablespoon. Uh, and it's uh, this really hard sugar made from coconut. And I had to buy sticky rice, which I'd never heard of before and which my Wegmans doesn't sell. So I had to order it online for the most obscene price I've ever paid for rice ever. But whenever, especially when I do dishes like this, especially when I step into another culture's cuisine, I want to do, I, I want to like pay homage to it uh, in, in, in whatever way and, and honor 
like the way that it should be made, like the way that, you know, people of that culture prepare that dish. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to like try to try to reinvent the wheel here or anything. I want to make something that I feel is respectful, you know, to, to, to their culture. And that, you know, somebody would say, this is, this is maybe it probably never be perfect. Cause they make this like, like street vendors in Thailand will make this and they spatchcock the chicken and they put it over coals and they're basting it with this, with this marinade the whole time. Like it'd never taste, it'd probably never ever taste exactly like that. But if I can get, if I can get something close that somebody could eat and they'd be like, yeah, that's a really, really good facsimile, you know, then that, then that's good for me, you know, but I always want to be respectful. I want to use the ingredients that they use, or at least as get as close as I possibly can. So I had to order, like I said, a bunch of stuff online. Now, I didn't have lemongrass for this, which according to everything that I read, lemongrass is like the key. Lemongrass is like one of the things that you absolutely have to have in this dish. I didn't have lemongrass because I thought that lemongrass came in clamshell containers of more than one. But even still, I've seen much, much better. Like we just bought three of them. And they were nicely sized. They were they were really decent sized twigs, I guess I'll call them. I don't know stalks. I don't know what you call them. But we had had to do an Instacart order because we were so busy last week, and I didn't have time to get to Wegmans uh, in order to buy the groceries to make the signature dish on stream. And when we got the lemongrass back, it was one tiny, teeny, 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 teeny little twig of it, very, very thin. It was like as thick as a wire, like it was like tiny, mystifyingly small. And I was really upset about it because I'm, I swear I've seen clamshell containers where they sell more than one. But then, yeah, when, when Rebecca went back to the store, uh, she found it was true. They only did sell them in one, uh, one in a container. But the ones that she picked up were huge. They were big, thick, thick stalks of it. So the second time I did this, I do have it sitting in the fridge literally right now. I broke down a chicken and made this marinade again today. And this is sitting in the fridge right now marinating round two where I'm not going to screw it up. But it's also important to note that if you don't have lemongrass, you can use lemon zest and ginger and you're going to get close because if you smell lemongrass, if you ever smell it, uh, it's got a very, very pronounced citrusy, but also kind of gingery smell to it. It literally, literally does smell like lemon and ginger. So if you're in a pinch and you don't have lemongrass, substitute it with lemon zest and ginger. But the marinade itself, and you can see again uh, in the show notes, the entire full recipe is going to be printed. The entire breakdown, but uh, you take the lemon juice, the ginger, you take your garlic, your cilantro, your shallot, your fish sauce, which a long time ago, when Rebecca and I first started dating, she really, really loves crab rangoons. And we get them from this Vietnamese place here in Ithaca, and they're wonderful. And they kind of started my love affair with crab rangoons. We've even talked about crab rangoons on this show. I made a crab rangoon pizza for this show. And early on in our relationship, I really, really wanted to try to replicate the sauce that this restaurant uses for it. And I somehow in looking up, uh, sweet chili sauces ended up on a Nok Chom recipe site. Nok Chom is like this citrusy fish 
sauce kind of dipping sauce. Uh, it was decidedly not a sweet chili sauce in uh, any sense of the word. It tasted awful because it had a ton of fish sauce in it. I'm not like, like I'm, I'm tip like I eat a lot of salmon now. I do eat a lot of salmon now, but I, I'm, I'm still really dipping my toes into a lot of different seafoods. So it was God awful. Like it just tasted awful. Like, like I followed a recipe exactly. Like I was not even going to try to swerve outside of the lines with this one. And it was awful. So when I saw fish sauce was an ingredient and the dipping sauce and the marinade for this, I was like, Oh no. But when you're mixing two tablespoons of it in with palm sugar, with two different types of soy sauce and with all the other ingredients that go into this marinade, it disappears right in there and then it props it up. And I did even taste it too, because you should always, whenever you're going to cook or whenever you're going to prepare something, you should always taste the ingredients. So you know what the ingredient tastes like. So you know what it's bringing to the party. You can't just chuck something in there. You've never tasted. Cause how are you going to know what it's going to taste like in the end? If you don't know what it tasted like before you put it, like, you know, you have to know. I marinated the chicken. I had to marinate it during the day. It only got to sit in the marinade for six hours. And the marinade itself tasted out of this world. Unbelievable. Now I will say other people's young marinade recipes. Some of them include salt, salt in a recipe that includes two different soy sauces and fish sauce. This thing is already a sodium bomb without putting literally a grain of salt in this. I omitted it from mine. If you want to add more salt to this, I don't know why, but more power to you. <laughs> I don't think it needs it. I think it had a definitely like it, it, it had a good saltiness to it. You know, like all those different like soy sauce flavors, like all that kind of different stuff coming together, I think was perfect. I think the marinade itself, just tasting it by itself, it tasted amazing. As soon as I tasted it, I was like, this chicken is going to be out of this world brilliant. I broke down a whole chicken, which I have never done. Normally, when I'm going to do chicken, I just buy the packages of thighs, packages of chicken drumsticks, packages of chicken breasts, whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that because sometimes you just need a whole bunch of chicken breasts. Sometimes you need a whole bunch of drumsticks, you know. But the taste of the marinade was unbelievable. It was absolutely out of this world. I knew this chicken was going to be great. Breaking down the chicken, I think I did okay. I chucked the spine and the wings and the, you know, the livers, all the, uh, everything else that, that came stuffed into or onto that bird. Chucked it in because I was making chicken stock at the same time. I was making homemade chicken stock. I had three bags, three bags of bones, chicken trimmings, herb stems, onion ends, garlic, like all that kind of stuff in the freezer. And I winged it all into two big pots, let that cook down until it was reduced enough to dump it all in the one pot, kept cooking it down. And I've got like five beautiful, amazing jars of wonderfully rich homemade chicken stock just waiting for me in, in my fridge. I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, three of them are in the freezer because I can't use it that fast, but still. I don't normally break down a whole chicken. I really, really don't. Uh, but for this, you know, like I said, normally they will take like a whole roasting chicken and they'll just spatchcock it. I didn't spatchcock mine. So you get this marinated and then I've never cooked over charcoal. Like I know of the method. Well, actually, I have probably a long time ago, though. Uh, but you, you basically you put all your coals on one side of the grill. 
you know, and you want to cook the chicken, not flip it, not touch it, not do anything to it on the cool side. So you put all your coals on the left. That's what I did in my grill. I put all the coals on the left and barely any, barely any coals on the right. You put the chicken over the grates on the right after the grill heats up and you just leave it there for like 40, 45 minutes. And then, then your boy messed up. No other way to say it. I straight up messed up. I was busy making a dipping sauce. And I have a grill uh, where I can raise or lower the level that the charcoal is at comparative to the, to the, to the grates. I can lift the, the coals higher and bring them closer to the grates. So there's more direct heat on the food. So when you're grilling this chicken, only at the last minute are you supposed to flip it over and let the heat directly hit the skin to crisp it up. I, in my infinite wisdom, decided not only was I going to flip it over and then go make the dipping sauce instead of babysitting it like I should have. I thought, oh, because I had like when I cooked the chicken the rest of the way, it was as low. It was as low down in the grill as it could go. I decided to raise it up to uh, two layers higher. So not only did I uh, spend way too much time inside making the dipping sauce, you can see in the show notes how blackened that skin was. I absolutely massacred it. No, there, there's no, there's no two ways about it. I absolutely burnt the crap out of the skin. Which really, really broke my heart because all the flavors, like the rest of the flavor in the meat, like the chicken was cooked perfectly. Everything else about it sang. It was an absolute bomb of flavor. I mean, like I said, you 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 talk about like all the different flavors that go into this. There's so much going on and it all plays this beautiful magic on your palate. It's unbelievable. If you're a fan of barbecue chicken or Asian food at all, you have to try this recipe. Just don't add salt to the marinade. (laughs) But when you do, do not do what Nick did. Once you reach that stage where you're going to flip it over and let the heat hit the skin side, number one, don't walk away from the grill. Have your mind, like, if you don't do anything else that you're going to need during the do to do during that time, stay there and stay focused because it's going to finish and it's going to get to that point quickly. And then it can very quickly go over that point and get to burnt. So you want to make sure you're paying attention and that you're locked in right then and there. And the other thing is don't move the coals closer to it. If I wouldn't have moved the coals, I probably would have been fine. Like it probably still would have been more browned than I wanted it to be, but it definitely wouldn't have been like charred black burned. Like it was like, like charred, charred. Like it was, it was, it was too far gone. You know, I didn't even eat the skins. I just tossed them. Like I tasted, I tasted a bit of one. Like it was waste. Cause there's so much flavor in there because you're basting this like during the cook time too. Like you just the whole time during the cook time, you're just, basting it with all the excess marinade like i'm still so mad at myself because you know how many times i've grilled chicken with literally not even the slightest issue but i let the method throw me and i tried to apply my own grilling logic 
as a finish to this instead of just trusting the research that I had done. It's always a battle in the kitchen. Like you're like, I know how to grill chicken. I could totally grill. I could, t- I could, I can barbecue chicken. No problem. Until you can't. And you absolutely obliterate this skin. The rest of the chicken, like I said, I, I can't really describe to you how much of an absolute flavor bomb this was. So I wanted to do two things different. Well, three things differently when I did the marinade that's in the fridge right now. Number one, got lemongrass. So in the recipe in the show notes, you're going to see lemon juice and ginger because it's what I had in the house at the time. I wouldn't even recommend lemon juice. I would recommend lemon zest if you have it, if you don't have lemongrass and you're in a pinch. Obviously, number two is uh, don't burn it. I'm going to babysit it. Once you get to that point where I'm going to flip that chicken over onto that skin side, not going to touch it. Like I'm going to sit there. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to move. I'm going to give it like a few minutes tops and then I'm going to pull it because it'll be done and trust the research that I have done. And then number three, I'm going to let it marinate for longer. It's already in there now. I'm not grilling it until Tuesday. I really, really want these flavors to penetrate that meat because it's only going to make it more beautiful, more flavorful, more succulent. Oh, man. I The marinade itself, like the chicken, the flavoring, and like I said, it's absolute flavor bomb. I can't describe it better than to just say like all the different elements work so beautifully together. The fish sauce disappears. Actually, the one that I got, the fish sauce I got, didn't taste bad. It was just very salty. Everything else in this is just this perfect, beautiful harmony. It was wonderful. And then, then to go one step further, I had to make, I couldn't make sticky rice. I had to make basmati rice, but I made basmati rice with lime zest and cilantro and coconut milk. And wow, I've never made rice with coconut milk before, but like, let me tell you, like playing around with that cilantro and that lime in there, unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. It was so rich. It had such good flavor. I really love making basmati rice. Next time I make it, I am going to make sticky rice with it. And the other thing to note about this recipe, I haven't talked about it at all really yet, but don't skip the dip. That should be another one of my slogans along with let the heat hit the meat. Don't skip the dip. The Nami Miao is really, really amazing. Now, I completely, speaking of things that I totally messed up on, I went way too cilantro heavy because, I, I again, not paying attention to the research that I had done, thinking about my own cooking, when do you use cilantro normally? When do you ever use cilantro? What type of cooking? It's Mexican. And when you do Mexican food, there's so much chili. Like there's so many different spices and all that kind of stuff in there. The cilantro is like a counteracting agent in there, cooling it down, balancing those spices, giving the dish balance, giving that dish lift. This doesn't have that. So I just grabbed a whole bunch of it and chucked it in to do the dip absolutely the wrong play it was so cilantro heavy it was basically a cilantro dipping sauce if you're fine with that good it was good enough like i still enjoyed it but there's no reason why i should have put nearly as much cilantro in it as i did because it totally obliterates the other flavors in this like toasted sticky rice i had to toast 
a tablespoon of rice and then grind it in my mortar and pestle to get toasted rice powder. Unbelievably good flavor. It adds such a, a a warmth to this dipping sauce, though, that it's 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 absolutely, absolutely unbelievable. Don't skip out on the dipping sauce if you make the chicken also make the dipping sauce because again, that beautiful marriage of flavors from that marinade. And then you're adding so many more of the same elements in here. You've got, again, fish sauce, you've got palm sugar, you've got scallion and shallot, all those kind of different things going on in the dip. But then you've got that tamarind in there, which, like I said, has this really interesting sour, tart, but also slightly sweet flavor to it. Such a beautiful, beautiful harmony. It's like I can always tell when a recipe is going to enter my regular rotation, when when it's something I really, really loved, when I immediately set out to make it again, when I immediately am like, I got to replicate this. It's like science, you know, you got to, you, you, you get a theory or whatever, and then you got to test the hypothesis, you know, you want to, you want to test, test, test until you make sure you come to like a good conclusion. My conclusion is Giang chicken is easily, I mean, I love chicken anyway. It's easily my favorite thing to eat. Like in terms of any kind of meat protein, like bar none. So this is easily going to make it into my regular rotation. I just kind of trust my instincts more, you know, trust my research more. Like I do all this research for a reason. I look all this stuff up for a reason. And then my mind, I, I get in the kitchen, I get in this space, even, even like now when I'm recording the show, like I just get in this space where my brain just spaces out and I just connect two different threads together that don't make sense. I don't know. Please, please try this dish out again. The full entire breakdown of the recipe and everything you need to make it will be down in the show notes. If you have an Asian food store near you, I would recommend going there to check out some of the ingredients because they probably will have things like tamarind paste. You will not be able to find it at your local grocery store. Uh, if you live in the States anyway, where I do, I live in Ithaca, which has a very, very like decent size Asian population and still like couldn't find half of this stuff at Wegmans. So I had to order a bunch of it online. So please also keep that in mind. But it's, I promise you, especially if you're somebody who likes chicken, you love just all those amazing, amazing flavors. Absolute flavor bomb. Absolutely adored this dish. It was absolutely incredible. You are absolutely incredible for tuning in and listening to the show today. That is going to do it for another episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. Don't forget again, as I said, that the sixth annual live stream for The Cure is steamrolling toward us so, so fast that I am, my God, I've got work to do. May 19th, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 45 hours over the subsequent three days, all to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute. We've got an amazing, amazing group of creators that are going to be joining us, and it's it's just going to be wonderful. I absolutely cannot wait to, to put on this year's event. I can't wait for all the new people that we've got involved. I can't wait for all the, the, the veterans of the event to come back. We're just going to have such a blast. If you enjoy anything about what I do, uh, these are all really good people coming together to raise money for a really good cause. And that's a future without cancer. That's a future immune to cancer. Imagine that world. I do every day. 
Make sure you mark your calendars and come out right here where you're watching this. If you're watching this live to twitch.tv slash live stream for the cure. If you're listening to this afterward, make sure you hit the link down in the show notes. Be kind to yourself today. Love yourself. Always believe in yourself. Believe in your strength because I promise you, you are so, so strong and good. I want to thank you so, so much for listening. And thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Nikolai's Kitchen wouldn't be possible without the contributions of my amazing patrons. Well, thank you so much to Chris, M, and Sam. And a special shout out to my VIP patrons, Krista, Jared, Caleb, Dan, and Bill. Learn more and sign up today at patreon.com slash Kitchen.